Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Lauren, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I'm excited to talk to you about MicroShift. But before we get into the book, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh my gosh, Jody! thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm Lauren Ammon, and I am a mental resilience coach for athletes. I help them train their minds like they train their bodies. And for a backstory, I was an athlete myself for almost 20 years, and that's where the root of this really comes from. So fast forward to graduating from college from a D1 program. I went into corporate America, found that wasn't the place for me, opened my own coaching practice, and for two years kind of stumbled as to what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with. And then uh, the week that the 20 Olympics, 2020 Olympics started was the night that Simone Biles removed herself from competition. Katie Ledecky, while she won gold in the 1500 free, had a very disappointing swim. And it was the same night that Michael Phelps came on and basically told the world, we have no one to support us from a mental standpoint, that even at this level as Olympians, and particularly on Team USA, we just want someone there to listen. And in that moment, my practice in supporting athletes was born. Wow, that's a very impactful aha moment for you. And I'm sure you're probably watching the Olympics now and and probably looking at them going, do they have the support they need? Yeah. And actually, for anybody out there, I really encourage you to find the documentary called The Weight of Gold. And it was actually done by Michael Phelps. And it follows a handful of Olympians really talking about what their experiences at that high level in terms of the lack of support, not only during the sport, but the lack of support after they're done. And to think, oh my goodness, here is the top athletes in the US in their sport saying we've got no one, then translating that down to every every level below them, you know, collegiate high school, even down to middle school and elementary school of really supporting these athletes, particularly as they grow and develop to really focus on the mental side of the game and not just the physical and, and really round out the whole athlete. And I know that your chapter really dives into your story as well as the aha moments and some takeaways to help athletes from hopefully, like you said, middle school moving forward. Uh, But before we get into the chapter, I would love to know, why did you decide to become an author? It's always been something inside of me. I've always really enjoyed writing. You know, part of my story is that I always have believed I never had a voice worthy of being heard. Uh, And so part of this is an opportunity to really express my voice in a way that means a lot to me. I love writing. Uh, if I had a choice, I'd be writing, speaking, you know, kind of in order, right? If I, if I had to choose that, but I just love to write it. It allows the opportunity for free form of thoughts. And then as you write, you can kind of pick and pull and put them in different areas in order for the story to become really cohesive. So that's what I love about it. 
So walk us through a little bit, like tell us a little bit about your chapter, um, maybe, you know, a little bit of a summary and maybe a few takeaways that someone can get from it. Yeah. So the, the, the title of the chapter is really performance reimagined. And it's really kind of a play on words to, you know, particularly with athletes of the opportunity of it's always a win versus lose, right? I mean, that's the world that athletes grow up in, but it's really kind of taking that concept and flipping it on its head of what if the world wasn't so black and white in terms of wins versus lost? What might really be possible for you as an athlete, but this works for non-athletes too, if we were to really redefine what it means to win and lose uh, and offering us the opportunity, all of us, the opportunity to really think about what it actually could look like to win all the time. And what that might offer us as human beings in any performance or any competition that we're up against and how that might allow us to carry us forward and reach new heights and performance that we didn't necessarily think possible. Part of your chapter, you talk about your story. So you were a swimmer and Mm -hmm. a very good swimmer, you know, based off of what I've read, which is congratulations on that. What support did you have or what were some of the aha moments once you understood that you didn't have the support that you kind of saw once you went back to your, your swimming career? Yeah, I would say my biggest support system were my parents, both non-athletic people. And so I think that actually adds to their magic in that there was never any pressure from them. There was never anything specific I had to do in order to reach certain goals. They were just there. And that was super supportive. I think my biggest aha moments. So I'll say that they were my biggest supporters, though at times they didn't necessarily know what to say because they've never been through the experience, right? So it's kind of that that yin and the yang of, of that experience. But I would say the, my biggest ahas completely removed from the sport years after the fact. And as I was working on my own mindset, I actually had everything I needed in that moment. I just didn't know how to access it for myself or access it in a way that, a, that was consistent and in my biggest moments, you, you know, the, the readers um, will learn, you know, about my biggest moments and the circumstances, my, my best performances and the circumstances surrounding them. And really to show that I had everything I needed, but the truth is that everybody has everything they need already inside of them to optimize their performance and to win in a way that's meaningful. It's just a matter of having access to it. And that's really kind of the beauty of coaching is that you have this kind of person outside of you who gives you the space to find it. Yeah. A lot of times you can, you just can't see it in yourself because you're the barrier to yourself. You know, like a lot of times I will have what you would call imposter syndrome, but I throw it out to the universe and say, Hey, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden I have all these people supporting me saying, absolutely. You can do this. And I'm like, wow, again, I was kind of holding myself back. And so, yeah, a lot of times you're kind of your own enemy because you don't have the space to kind of see your full potential and having, you know, kind of a, a mindset coach or someone who can help you one, see it, but then two, help you learn how to see it in yourself could be very powerful. Absolutely. It's, it's just having that third party and, you know, talking about of having my athletic coaches, I had some who were super supportive, but again, 
not many athletic coaches are trained on the mental side or, or maybe give attention to the mental side, though I've had some who were just kind of naturals in terms of how they could access that within me or give me the space to access it within me, right? And then, of course, like every spectrum, I had coaches that were not great at that and potentially contributed or I allowed them to contribute to the blocks that I had within myself. And I didn't, I couldn't see that much more because of maybe a strained relationship I had with them. And then, you know, that adding to performance, which is, is can be fairly common among athletes, well, really common among anybody, um, you know, in the professional world as well. I don't have a great relationship with your boss. I mean, what that can do to your performance on the job. Um, a lot of those same things apply. So it's really super interesting, you know, when you start working on the mental side of your game, whatever your game is, what opportunities are available or become available to you that you now see. And then you have those ahas of, oh, I think I already kind of knew how to do that. I just couldn't see how to do it before now. Did you feel that way when you realized that your coaching program needed to be focused around athletes? Did you feel like that was that aha moment um, where all of a sudden the space kind of opened up for you? Absolutely. I, I've since retiring 20 years ago, I've always been trying to get back to the world of sports in some way. It's just, I love watching sports. As you said, I love the Olympics for anybody in Cincinnati, you know, where we we're located, you know, watching the Bengals go do what they did. I am so energized by that. And in that moment of seeing Simone Biles, Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps kind of come together, it was that, oh my goodness, this is the opportunity I, I now have to give back to the world of sports that gave me so much. And it was really kind of that rush of, you know, when you, you find your purpose or you, you, you've kind of touched on it. And in that moment, it was that, oh, I've totally found it. That's exactly who I'm supposed to work with. <laughs> So yeah, you can like give that as an example to your clients. Like, here's mine. This is what happened for me when I finally saw the path I need to go into. So it's kind of that cool, like you're living what you're teaching, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I try to, you know, authenticity is one of my core values. And so I, I really try to infuse that into any of my coaching or training or speaking and a lot of my authenticity is rooted in my athletic experience. So it kind of, it's just kind of that natural connection to each other that really comes forward when I'm back in the world of sports. So I know you said you love writing. That's kind of your, your first um, medium that you would want to be able to provide your voice. Tell me about the writing journey of your chapter. How did that go? Were there any aha moments during that, um, that you realized about yourself or realized about the writing journey in general? Yeah, I would say that it brought back a lot of emotion and even to this day, even kind of thinking about it, you know, the readers will see two of my um, best performances. You know, I certainly talk about some of my worst ones as well. You know, one of the things that I, I talk a lot about is the more that we go into our story, the more that we learn about ourselves. And so, you know, as I was writing it, and even as I reread it, just really thinking about what the journey has given me that I haven't, that, you know, I hadn't seen for a really long time, but that I, it continues to evolve as I continue to read it and to con continue to dive into it. I would also say that even just from a writing standpoint, just the opportunity to 
write in a way that is a reflection of my voice, maybe versus kind of the more traditional ways that we're taught to write. And being able to kind of flex in and out of the foundation that was created as part of education, but then bringing a little bit more of myself into that. I, I, I really do enjoy the journey of infusing, and, and I love to read authors who kind of, who bring more of themselves into it and, and allow kind of that connection with the reader. So that was part of my journey as well, of kind of recognizing how I can do that a little bit more to bring out even more of the story. And that's, I think, really important when you're writing a book is to have your voice and being authentic and sharing maybe some of the vulnerabilities or, or letting the audience really know who you are. And that also helps hopefully elevate the book and, and make it successful for you. And I know that we have it coming out in just days. So on Friday, the 18th, it's going to be on Amazon. And I, one of our goals to hopefully make it a bestseller. What are some of your other goals that you have for yourself, Lauren, now that you can call yourself an author? Well, to write more, um, you know, this, this provided a lot of confidence and practice of, you know, I, I, I once had a blog and I've kind of kind of gotten away from that. So another opportunity to really kind of get more into bite-sized pieces, right. And not to say that this isn't right, but, you know, just real short pieces that kind of give some, uh, not only an outlet for kind of what's coming up for me as I work with different clients, but also to support anybody who may be on their journey that, you know, are, are looking for these kind of resources. I mentioned that I work with both current athletes and retiring athletes, both of which are, are big audiences for me. And um, what I really am thinking about of writing a book, particularly for the retiring athlete, specifically those who are coming from college into what I call quote unquote normal life and uh, the transition and how candidly challenging that can be to, you know, be so into something for four years, at least in college, and presumably a, a significant amount of years before that. And then the minute that your last game or race or meet is over, it's gone. And how then do you make that transition in a way that's really effective, not only for you physically, but mentally? That has, it's almost, I'm sure it has a grieving process when mm -hmm. you, when you're, you know, leave that sport. I know I wasn't, I wasn't a collegiate athlete. I, I was a high school athlete. And I do remember missing the sports when I went to college because that was part of my day in and day out. So there is a lot that you have to process there. Yeah. Yes. It, it becomes a part of your mental and physical fibers and how then to not have it anymore? And how do you kind of fill the gap so that you're not necessarily always reaching for that next competition and not finding it? And then what that can actually do to your mindset, because that's what you're so used to and so conditioned to, but how to make that transition a little easier and to find it in your next life without becoming consumed by it. Mm, that's going to be a really interesting book. I'm excited. So I can't wait to see that come out, Lauren. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. We put it out into the universe. It's got to be out there now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been wonderful talking with you and I will make sure that we, you know, get micro shift out there for people to buy. Where can they connect with you? What is the best way for them to reach out to you if they want to connect? Absolutely. Well, I'm always active on LinkedIn. That is my first, that is my number one platform and really to, I'm, I'm always open to connecting. I'm, I'm checking it daily and ensuring that any DMs that come in my, 
in my inbox are answered. Um, so absolutely love and adore whether you're an athlete yourself, a parent of an athlete or a coach, I'm always open to talking. Uh, and then of course, visiting my website of uh, laurenammon.com uh, and being able to connect that way as well. Wonderful. I put, I will put all that in the podcast notes, Lauren, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a part of the book smarts business podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. This has been great. Thanks for listening to the book smarts business podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.